Hello and welcome to the April 19th edition of the Fantasyland Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shorten. I think we're week 16 in the books, so it's crunch time for a lot of leagues. We're either coming up to this is the last week of the playoffs, or sorry, of the, the regular season before playoffs, or it's the first week of the playoffs. So waivers are very, very important. Scheduling is very, very important, and hopefully you don't have too many players that are being rested or are sitting in your IR or even worse, sitting in your team without an IR. For me, I look as though I'm going to be playing finals in every single league, which is great. There are some that I don't think I'm going to make too much of a splash. There are some that I think that I could definitely win it. Whether whether I do, it's in the lap of the gods. I've got a lot of Toronto players and Toronto is not doing me any favors right now. Got a couple of Spurs players. They're the exact same roster makeup and schedule for those teams aren't great especially if they're resting um, hopefully the $25,000 fine that they each got is going to uh, help uh, or they're just going to get craftier I suppose um, one of the leagues that I am in it's a it's a it's a little 10-man league it's one that I've been doing with um, guys that grew up with have been doing it I think this is year 10 um, top four make finals I'm sitting second in that game above um, a game of the fourth spot, but there are five teams out of the 10. So uh, five teams that are equal on win-loss for the fourth spot. And one of them, one of the guys who's out of the running to make it, he's sitting second last, he accidentally uh, forgot to update his team on one of the days to the guys, um, to one of the guys who is in the running um, of making playoffs. So, it's been a heated discussion. I personally am not a big fan of of that. I think that the league manager should be able to step in, and if it is an honest mistake or not, just update it. Uh, nobody likes that sort of stuff. I don't think anybody is really um, assuming that he's colluding or, or doing something like that. I think it's just a little bit of a negligence thing. He's a busy man working away, so I think he just forgot, but I think that... Um, the league manager or league commissioner should be able to jump in. Let me know your thoughts. I'd love to hear whether or not it's just a mistake, bad luck, good luck to the, the guy who um, who is playing against or if they should step in. I personally think they should step in. Um, before we get cracking on the scheduling and on the waiver wire, thank you very much to everyone who has subscribed and followed. If you haven't done so already, please hit the button. Um, I will also be... Um, doing a couple more of these, obviously, to round out the season. And then I'm going to really have a look at next year. So if you are keen to to be in one of the Fantasyland Basketball Podcast Leagues, it's going to be like a tiered system. We're going to have a championship um, cup. We're going to have a, a championship ring as well that I'll, I'll send out to people whenever they win, get their name edged on the cup. Um, so, yeah, I think it'd be pretty cool. Hopefully, we can get a, um, a nice league set up there. Um, and thank you also to the, the guys that have hit me up on Twitter and on Instagram. There've been a couple of questions around what team setup should look like moving into finals, what players on good schedules they should be targeting, um, and then some deadline deals, some trade deadline deals. What to who to look at, um, who to who to grab. Obviously, we're we're well past that now, but it was the start of the the week just gone. So yeah, thank you to those guys who have. Ask the question. If you do have any questions, obviously do hit me up at Fantasyland Mark or uh, Mark Fantasyland, I should say, on Twitter and Instagram. So 
on to the scheduling and waiver wire. As you know, I am um, I'm constantly looking at the schedule. I'm looking at what players I can maximize with my waivers. I'm also looking at players who I'm not going to need for the week because of either matchup statistics and, um, and categories I'm going for or just poor scheduling. This week, it's a pretty good schedule across the board. There's uh, a few doubleheaders, but not too many. There's only one team with a bad schedule. That is Toronto, um, which coincidentally, they have been resting players. I'm going to hope that because of the two-game week, I'll just check it is Toronto. Yeah, just because it is the two-game week, I'm hoping that means that they're not going to rest their players because they've got two games off, game on, two games off, game on. So hopefully your OGs, your Chris Boucher, who seems to be um, left alone, your, your Van Vliet, your, your Pascal Siakams, um, they're going to actually play those games. It sucks having those guys and them not actually play, especially if you've traded into them. Then the other ones have all got three and four game weeks. So there is, there's not too many doubleheaders to start um, the week. There is one team that I think, one specific player that I'm going to talk about in just a second that I, I really would, would be targeting and am targeting and think that you guys should all do the same. Um, so I may as well get cracking onto the waiver wire. So as I mentioned, 40% is the the key indicator that I go with. That shows obviously that they are available in most leagues. I then also look at scheduling. As I mentioned, I look at uh, opportunities. So who is injured, who, who is playing well, who is rested, all that sort of stuff. Um, I then obviously look at hot hand. So, the number one player I've got on my list, and he does break that 40% ownership rule that I just mentioned. He's at 40.2% ownership on ESPN, and that's Hassan Whiteside. So there's no surprises here. Hassan Whiteside is a jet whenever he does play. he He's not great in real life, but he's a statistical monster. He has got the start. We got the start with, um, with Rashawn Holmes out injured. I think that they're probably going to rest return homes as they go into the postseason. They've only got uh, Hassan, which he's obviously out of favor, and Damian Jones, who they don't necessarily love. He's not a great player. Uh, so Hassan Whiteside is definitely somebody that I think you should target. The reason why, more than anything else, is Sacramento, yes, they only have three games this week, but they've got the first game of the first day of the week they don't play. Then they've got a doubleheader against Minnesota, and then they've got three days off. So... I would be grabbing Hassan Whiteside, running him for the doubleheader. If he gets 20 minutes, great. In that 20 minutes, he's going to put up a double-double and he has the potential every time he takes the court of getting five blocks. He is obviously going to hurt your free throw percentage if he gets there, but he is getting there less and less as his career progresses or declines, you could probably say. So I really, really like Hassan Whiteside for the start of the week, as I mentioned, game off. Doubleheader against Minnesota. Cat banged up. I don't reckon he's going to be too long for this world. In oh, I shouldn't say that's harsh. Too long for the season with um, resting. So I would be definitely targeting, targeting Hassan Whiteside. The second one I got there is another center. Um, so it's Daniel Gafford. So Daniel Gafford, he is obviously at Washington. That all kind of worked out with the um, the. Vooch trades, the uh, Wendell Carter Jr. trades, all the, the movement around in the um, the real-life trade deadlines. 
So Daniel Gafford, whenever he was, he's always been a per-minute monster. Whenever he was getting minutes for Chicago, he was really, really good. I really, really loved him every time Wendell Carter Jr. didn't play. I loved streaming him. He just never really got a good run. So now at Washington, the only people in front of him or taking potentially taking minutes off him is Alex Len, not a big fan, and uh, Robin Lopez, who, again, not a big fan. What I love about Daniel Gafford, as I mentioned, he is a per-minute monster. So he's going to get you close to a double-double. He's also blocking it really, really well. He He's decent from the field. He's okay from the line. Doesn't get there that often, but he is going to get opportunities there. Washington are only a game or so out. Yes, they are a two-headed beast, but Daniel Gafford, somebody needs to start at center. Somebody needs to come off the bench for center. Happy for them to start Robin Lopez or Alex Lennon, have Daniel Gafford come in behind them because he's going to get more of a usage um, chance whenever he is coming into the, the game off the second unit. He blocks really well. He shoots the ball at a nice clip. He gets some decent boards. He can put. He has the potential for a double-double every night with a couple of blocks, which is all you can really ask for from a waiver um, a waiver center. So I really like Daniel Gafford. I've picked him up in a lot of places. I love the 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 schedule for them next week, or at least to start the week. Washington, they have game on, game off, game on, game off, and then a double header. In those game offs, you can then you could sub him if you he plays the first game against Utah. Tough matchup against a um, a Rudy Gobert if he comes up against him. I think they'd be smart to play him against somebody like a George Niang or a Ersan Elisofo, some somebody who's not a true center. Uh, I think Derek Favors is still that injured. But if he doesn't have a good game and you do want to drop him, then you can pick up somebody in that off day in that short day, somebody like a or Poku. Somebody like the the next person I've got coming up, a, a Moses Brown. Somebody like a oh, who else we got here? I think Miles Turner is now back, so um, Goga is going to to struggle. Um, a a Tristan Thompson, a uh, Nick Claxton. You can you can drop. You can if you're playing for a big man, you can drop and pick up, drop and pick up because there's some good ones on the waiver wire that play on the off days and the the alternative days. But for Daniel Gafford, I really like what he's been doing over the last seven days, 11 points, six rebounds, just under a steal and 2.3 blocks per game. Only one turnover. Yeah, he's not going to assist. He's going to be underneath the basket more often than not, but I really like the potential for him to take the court and go for blocks. So valuable off the waivers. If you can get somebody who does that, four blocks, five blocks, six blocks, somebody ridiculous, then you're going to go a long way to winning the week. Next person, as I said, Moses Brown, he has the day off. Okay, so you don't play the first day of the week and then they play a doubleheader after that. Moses Brown, he has he was over the ownership. He was at about 42 43% ownership last week. He's now under 40, so I can talk about him. Um, 39.3% ownership. <sighs> I can see why people have dropped him. He's getting 25, 26, 27, 28 minutes per game. He, from his monster games to start off with, the ones where he had, you know, 
15 points, 20 rebounds, and three or four blocks. He hasn't really been great since then. He has the potential. He has the minutes. He has the opportunity to be awesome. But I, I, yeah, I get it. Today against Toronto, in 20 minutes, zero points, four rebounds, and nothing else. The game before, 12 points, eight rebounds, and two blocks. And then you have the great games, 18 points, 12 rebounds, two assists, oh, sorry, two steals, two blocks, 12, 15, two and one. Like there is going to be games where he is awesome. There is going to be games in which he struggles. I think the absolute key and looking at it, the games where he's played really well has been against leaner centers. When he came up against DeAndre Ayton, struggled. Whenever he came up against, who else have we got here? Came up against Joel Embiid, struggled. Whenever he came up against a Isaiah Stewart, struggled. Like these are players that are bigger body, going to push him around. He is a young guy. He's going to have his great games. He's going to have his bad games. So I think running with him for the next week or so is what I would recommend, but I do get it if you do need to drop him and you want to play somebody like a Daniel Gafford or like a Mo Bumba or somebody like that. Hassan Whiteside, for example. Uh, the next center that I've got is Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart, as I mentioned, I love. He's probably my number one guy off the waiver wire. He's owned in what? He's owned in 14.8% of leagues. He is going to get a really, really good run of it to end the year. I like Plumley, but I don't see him and they don't see him as their future center of the organization. He has come into the league, Stuart, and he's he's jacked. He is energetic. He's strong. He is he hustles. He just looks really good. I love watching him play. Detroit love watching him play. He just brings a real good toughness to to the Detroit side um, in a in a side that is a little bit fresher, a little bit leaner. I think that he looks really, really good. He's somebody that I'm definitely going to be targeting next year as well, especially if there's no changes that get made in the off-season to the Detroit lineup. So just pulling up his stats here, um, he has been – so I think he's coming off the back of, what, a 21-rebound game? Yeah, so in the last two games, he's gone 15 points and 21 rebounds with two blocks, and then most recently against Washington in 24 minutes, 19 points and 12 rebounds. If you're looking for somebody down the stretch who's going to win you a league, Isaiah Stewart is somebody that you should definitely be targeting. He shoots a triple. He has a really nice shot. He's decent from the line. He is just going to be really, really consistent. And as I mentioned, I think that he is going to take the lion's share of the work from Plumley. Plumley's still going to get his minutes. It's probably going to be a bit more of a share. Plumley's minutes are going to drop. Isaiah Stewart's numbers are going to go up and minutes are going to go up. So definitely somebody worth targeting. Again, he's somebody that I've got everywhere. The biggest frustration that I've got is that most, most leagues have got a four-center setup. So... Isaiah Stewart, Moses Brown, Daniel Gafford, and then Hassan Whiteside. You can't take all of them. So if I'm prioritizing any of those centers, Isaiah Stewart is 
number one for me by a mile. I think he has got a defined role to end the season. He has shown that he is able to do it a bit more consistently than the others. But if I was to put a second person on the list, it's going to be Moses Brown. So Moses Brown, as I mentioned, he has games where he's going to be really good. He's going to have games where he's not so good. Most recently, I mean, today, even against um, against Toronto, there is some issues there. Zero points, four rebounds, no blocks in 20 minutes so far. That's not great. The game before that, 12 points, eight rebounds, two blocks. Game before that, 18, 12, and two blocks. 12, 15 rebounds, two steals, and a block. So he's going to have his moments where he is awesome. He's going to have his moments where he's not great. And that's probably why you're probably going to see him on the waiver wire. If you've got a spot, I think that you've got to let him play it out. There's going to be games where he plays really well and there's going to be games where he's not well. You could even sub him in and out for your Daniel Gaffords, for your Isaiah Stewart's. Potentially, if you get Sam Whiteside, your Mo Bumbers, these centers, if you've only got limited spots, just to, to roll them in and, and swap them in and out as, as you go, if you are in a daily setup league. The next one I've got, he's not a center. So based on history here, probably shouldn't be on the list, but Grayson Allen. I spoke about him last week. I don't love the guy. I think that he has not made himself any friends through his play to start his career and in college, but he's been playing really good basketball recently. Over the last seven days, 4.2 triples per game, 15.8 points, a steal per game, 50% from the field. That's probably all you need to know. 9.5% of leagues are rostering him. I think that he's going to be a little bit irrelevant as the season runs on. I think D'Anthony Melton will eventually, surely, will eventually take over that starting position. And with the and he's really only getting minutes because there are injuries. Because he he's holding the position of Melton, Desmond Bain, obviously himself. There is another guard, Delon Brooks. They are all pretty much in the same boat and in the same position. There's only so many minutes that can go around for that role. I do like him for a hot hand. I do like him if you need triples and points, but I don't necessarily love him for the end of season value. In terms of games this week for Grayson Allen, they got four games. They start off with Chicago and then day off and then on to Dallas and both of those teams they do like they do like letting through scores and if he is lined up with Zach Levine out he's lined up with um with Kobe White guarding him he'll shoot over him he'll blow past him Kobe White's a horrible defender and then against Dallas Dallas are a decent defensive side but they can put up decent numbers against their side so Grayson Allen is definitely somebody I think you should look at to start this week and then finally, the the last name I've got on here, and look, I'm not recommending that you go pick him up because he is he's somebody I spoke about at the start of the year as a real, 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 real deep sleeper, and he hasn't done anything throughout the entire season. He's only been averaging six minutes per game, but I think it's worth noting because he had he started against Brooklyn the other night, played 35 minutes, and was awesome. And that's Vernon Carey Jr. of the Chicago Charlotte Hornets. 
I like him. I think he's going to have a really nice career. As I said, I don't recommend that you go pick him up, but if there is an injury to Cody Zeller or PJ Washington again, I think he's definitely worth a look. Definitely worth putting on your watch list because he's not going to be someone that everybody grabs. But if there is an injury, then Kerry Jr. is somebody that could be a bit of a game changer for the end of the year. As I mentioned, he is he is a big-bodied center that is taller than PJ Washington and stronger than Cody Zeller. Cody Zeller is not the future center of their franchise. Is Vernon Carey? I don't know, but they are going to have to give him a crack at some stage. So definitely worth putting into your watch list. Now, that is all for me. If you've got any questions, as I mentioned, do hit me up on Twitter, on Instagram, at Mark Fantasyland. I do apologize if there is a little bit of an awkward part in the middle here. I am on my computer and it completely turned off before, so I had to reboot it. So apologies if there's a bit of a, a lack of talking there for a bit or if there is a lack of um, of sound quality. Uh, I do apologize, but I'll try and clean that up through editing as we go. Good luck for your weeks. Hopefully, you're on the, the road to finals. Um, if you do need any questions, as I said, hit me up. But until next time, don't forget to rate and subscribe. <laughs>